If you want to be happy, living a king's life, never make a pretty woman your wife. If you want to be happy, living a king's life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Now all you have to do is just what I say, and then you may be jolly, merry, and gay. Therefore, from a logical point of view, better marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, always marry a woman uglier than you. A pretty woman make a husband look smaller, and very often causes downfall. Soon as she marries, then and there she starts. Attention, please be advised that listeners of a sensitive nature may find the following presentation upsetting. We'll be discussing such things as violence, sex and nudity. And also, HEROCASM! You're welcome. So turn the volume up and buckle in for a ride and enjoy the goddamn show. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You have been warned. Okay, now that's out of the way. Welcome to Podding Ain't Easy. I'm your host, Carl Pierce, and I'm joined as always by the mother's milk to my love sausage, it's oh, Scott McLeod. No, 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 <laughs> I, I don't have a privilege. Not that's fucking all. <laughs> little, little peak green girl, said an almost honest way, oh, yeah, you ready for my intro? I'm thinking, I don't know if I am. <laughs> it could have been slightly worse because I thought you were going to make some joke around the deep in that fucking octopus. <laughs> hey, come on. You can see where the deep's coming from. Eight hands. <laughs> uh, no. No, not at all. But yeah. <laughs> we thought You thought we were talking about the uh, termite exploding out of another man's penis was hard enough to talk about. Now we've got hero chasm to talk about. <laughs> uh, the first four papers, and then we need to talk about like the finale and like I don't know how to properly go from oh yeah, all this mental stuff happened, and then back to the back to the regular plot of the series. <laughs> this this series just like takes the bar and then. Raises it higher and higher. It's just that they'd never have got this on a on a network TV station, would they? Not in a million years, I don't think. No, I think that's why it went to a streaming site in the first place. I don't think they would have gotten a third series on a regular streaming on a regular if they were on a regular like network and something like that. And even with with Amazon like being behind a subscription and a paywall with obviously. You know, mature ratings and everything. There was still, if you believe, the Biden students have so much that they shot for heroism that they could, they weren't, they were basically told, like, no, we cannot possibly allow you to show this. <laughs> I mean, the part is basically in part a softcore porn movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the first half of the episode is still continuing on from like everything else 
that happened like before, like hunting for Soldier Boy. Now people like Homelander and Vault are aware of it. You know, the team's all split up and everything, and then just all the main characters have to converge on a hero gasm because that's where the next two members of Payback are. And then, yeah, like the second half of the episode is just, oh yeah, the regular plot, but a soccer porn film is taking place in the in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's um, all happening. It's, before we get on to the, the review in process, how have you been, Scott? I have been very, very well. Thank you very much, Carl. I, I have definitely not had any threatening letters from certain mouse-themed lawyers uh, after our comments in the last episode. Although all I would say is that we will not be doing Amazon-related shows in the future. <laughs> we'll be making our time to Disney Plus for a modest, much more modest fee. I think we can both agree, and we were very, very sorry. Uh, yeah, a cease and desist order is not what I expected in the mail the other morning. Especially not sign, signed off by the mouse himself. I think they can... Uh, they don't have to worry. I think after this episode is done, we probably won't be allowed to record any more podcasts ever again. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's almost it almost gets into the the realm because it's a weird realm of you know the, the porn world of like parodies of popular things, especially superheroes, and that's almost what herogasm varies into. But then you look at the world of the boys, like. I'm sure this is a universe where they don't even bother with superhero porn parodies because superheroes themselves already get up to enough as it is. They got this. They got they had that weird line of seven related dildos in the in the fourth <laughs> episode. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 all the porn networks says they must be feeling redundant that they can't they can't do a a, a porn spoof because it's it's already out there. It's done. It's it's on TV. I mean. Uh, what 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 can you do? <laughs> and plus, you know, I'm waiting for that reveal. One one of the few reveals of what Vought can do in season four that's left over. Reveal that Vought secretly has a porn network as well. And literally <laughs> everyone to over, of course, has done something at some point. It really wasn't surprise me. Vought Hub. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. But uh, all that aside, and and uh, who are you, Carl? Yeah, yeah, not not too bad, not too bad. It's a little bit iffy this morning, but uh, I seem to be fine and dandy now, so I'm all good. Yes, I I spent my days when I wasn't working, and I was I had a very busy day at work today. But I spent my few breaks trying to catch up on these episodes so they were fresh in my mind. And so that definitely means that the trauma of episode six is is burned fresh back into my brain for another few weeks. <laughs> Poor old Scott, all those sleepless nights. <laughs> just wake up in the night and like, just yelling words, love sausage. Thinking, like, <laughs> feeling around, make sure it's not crawling all over me. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's parents wondering why he hasn't touched his bangers and mash for the last fortnight. I was actually maybe having sausages from my dinner, actually. I don't think I'll be having sausages. <laughs> it's got some just plate away. It did a time. <laughs> no, no. Why are you eating that? Because Amazon ruined it for me. 
Uh, we've, just, <laughs> we've just ruined the, the concept of sausages or hot dogs or anything of that shape for our entire <laughs> generation. <laughs> have, have you ever seen Van Wilder, party liaison? I think I saw part of it. I don't That was years ago. No, people will know the scene I'm talking about. I was, I was put off cream buns for a, for a while. Look, I see it's all the information I need to fucking hear. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> no, 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 I, I certainly don't. <laughs> no, I already got enough messed up shit in this brain that is, as I can handle. I don't need... I don't need you or Van Wilder adding anymore. <laughs> the owner of Wrexham Football Club, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know. It's not the worst thing anything involved in football's ever got up to. <laughs> it's mad for me because I I literally lived down the road from Wrexham. I used to go there quite a lot back back in the day and to see the likes of Ryan Reynolds gallivanting around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could water with Rob McElhaney of uh, mm. in Philadelphia as well. <laughs> no, no, I'll want it's just a scene in like Deadpool 3 or Deadpool sitting on the couch in full costume watching a Rex from him. <laughs> He's someone who could do, the, do in a cameo in the boys, Ryan Reynolds. It, you know, it's perfectly set up for him. Mm-hmm. No, no, he seems to be opening a fucking cameo in the context. He, he randomly appeared in that Hobson Shaw movie. He then secretly showed up uh, in the first 10 movies, the uh, violent gay boyfriend of Patrick Warburton's character. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Brian Reynolds, he seems like the kind of guy who's up for anything. I mean, you were talking about stuff like here, guys. I mean, there was, there was, that, there was that montage in the first... Uh, in the first Deadpool movie, that shows you what Ryan Reynolds is willing to do on camera, especially for a movie like Deadpool, I'm assuming. Like especially when he was celebrating International Women's Day with his woman in that film. I mean, imagine the... Because he was so behind that film for years and wanted to get it made, that somebody who was writing the script came up to him and went, Ryan, how, how really willing are you for this movie to actually get out there? What are you willing to do on camera? And someone leaked footage of um, stuff he made himself, and it definitely wasn't Ryan Reynolds who leaked it. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, well, I got Ryan thought there. I mean, no wonder how much footage was actually shot for Hero Gas, and they didn't get to show how much it was just ideas that they wanted to do for it. That they were told, like, don't even shit that. You can't. You're not going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Eric Kripke is going to need to start an OnlyFans just so he has a paywall that he can show the footage. <laughs> He'll make a fortune. He'll be able to quit television for good. <laughs> we, we, we've danced around enough. Should we just get into it? We should. We should. And um, we'll sort of go through it a little bit like we did the last one. Sort of go over like the main plot points and uh, elaborate more on bits that take our fancy basically but I do love the start of episode 6 where we get um, 
the deep and they're doing like a, a piss take of that um imagine video that some celebs did. i can't remember which celeb actually did the original one back during covid but this is a fun little piss take of that i thought i believe it was gal good gal uh, who organized it and like the main celebrities are also going for i think Kristen Wigg and Natalie Portman, I remember being involved in it. I never actually watched it, I just saw the clips of those three being involved in it, everybody going like, God, how cringeworthy. They did a big fat quiz that year, and like, one of them, well, I think it was James Acaster, or the comedian joked, you know, that, they did that a few weeks in. I wouldn't. I wasn't that hard up and depressed in the first few weeks of lockdown. It was just something cringeworthy that, hell, it's been a year, I'm still not depressed enough to do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I remember him doing the video, and I thought oh, it was just the you know, typical vault, you know, wanting to get it out, you know, and control the narrative, and may know that everything's okay. And then he starts singing, like, "Oh, please tell me they're not doing that." And <laughs> they get like characters like him, Adrian, and Black Noir just all beside with his bit. But <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was. <laughs> You got actual celebs, you got Patton Oswald, Mila Kunis, Aston Kutcher, Keneal Nanjiani, I believe, was in it as well. Uh, was Rose Bryan, did I see her? Yeah, yeah, she was in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I, mean, I haven't seen the photo, someone, like, would they even approach anyone who's in the original video? Like, oh, I go on a bit of a laugh, but... <laughs> <laughs> on that original video like Gal Gadot and they're like no we were genuinely trying to do something nice and here you are taking the piss out of us disgusting <laughs> disgusting <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I thought it was because I, I knew about the Kelly Jennifer that they were going to do but I didn't know this was going to be a thing it's all it's all, it's all good satire <laughs> satire but talking of satire then i think it's showing that like that the legend is or huey is like watching this thing on the tv and then he switches over and it's a an old video for a cigarette commercial but with the uh with soldier boy singing (laughs) 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 kind of crooning it kind of crooning isn't he yeah was it something like if you want a happy life marry an ugly wife or something like that isn't it yeah, I think the song's all from a logical point of view. And That's it, yeah. yeah don't, don't marry a pretty woman. But again, like with the Rapture one, if you look on YouTube, you can find the full, you can find the full version of that. Yeah. And you got Huey sitting there with the legend, and the legend basically telling about oh, all this stuff of him being a war hero is all bullshit. It's all publicity. Yeah, he stormed Normandy two weeks after D-Day. And <laughs> he's taking the piss out of the video, like, I actually produced this piece of shit. And- <laughs> yeah. He's a great character, the legend, as he really is. Uh, oh, he's he haven't seen board, but I love well, Butcher coming in going, oh, he's not still at it, is he? And because he like he looks like at least 30 odd, but then he's got the mind of like a 78 year old, 8 year old or something like that. But so he's way shagging these two old women for <laughs> <laughs> the legend. <laughs> That's just like, I could never fire these two knife bugs for that. <laughs> you look at the bed like, these are Egyptian cotton sheets. These are very expensive. I got a fucking burp these now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were really setting the stage for what this episode was going to be with that scenery. You had, basically, when Soldier Boy 
there's like, oh, you know, these they're like fine wine. They get the juicier the, the older they get, but they're also get quite dry. So, Huey, where's the fucking? Li- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're getting down to business like Hugh and, Hugh and Butch are trying to convince Soji Boy he's going to need their help and so I thought before you put away he didn't even have the internet and, and Bluetooth and so that sounds like a lot of words you've just made up and, and he's like nope they're real <laughs> it must be it must be disconcerted if you were like jailed or in a cave for 20 years and it came out and there's all this bloody mobile phones and bluetooth and the internet it, it must just be crazy because it's all sort of come back quite fast really isn't it i'm actually wondering i'm actually wondering if the stuff with the legend was in episode seven because i think episode six may actually be the bit where yeah they're talking about bluetooth and everything and it's like yeah you yeah. those stuff but yeah there's a scene where they're chat you hear chatting while they're watching the the TV and like there's an advert for this thing and a dad's holding this thing to hold his baby and like real dads real men don't wear that you know Bill Cosby he's America's dad <laughs> <laughs> that's not aged well <laughs> well yeah he'll, he doesn't know about it but <laughs> the kicker of that scene is him saying man could he make some strong drinks <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. Yeah, I think the old lady thing was uh, in the other episode. You jumped the gun a little bit there, Scott, according to my notes. But uh, I'm not, I'm not on to. I had this image of like them. Yeah, I know the Imagine stuff kicked off episode six, but there was something on the. No, yeah, that's what I think. I think I think because episode seven like starts with them on what trying to just credit Starlight. Then he switches over. But in my head, I got it. The it was this. It was the Imagine stuff. Then the Soldier Boy song. I don't know. Either way, they were, it was all messed up anyway. It was all good stuff. That was not great. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Also, following, um, we got following a bit of a B plot with Frenchie and Kimiko. They sort of both get uh, kidnapped from the hospital. Um, Thingy goes down to get a drink, and Nina's there waiting, or well, Nina's there waiting for him. And two of the henchmen um, adopt Kimiko from the uh, the hospital, and she's sort of tied up on a chair, I think. And she, uh, with the other girl uh, that asked for his help, Sherry, and Nina sort of tells. Um, Frenchie, he's got to choose which one gets shot, either Sherry or Kimiko or the old, or I'll shoot both of them. Yeah. It's like it's like the Green Goblin says in the first Spider-Man back in 2001, there's always a, a psycho with a sick choice. <laughs> I know. Uh, it was a typical like, situation for Frenchie. Like, they get this like padlock and they put it around his neck and he gets stuck to this big metal pole so he can't like move or anything. He's got all these scars and Netlinia is going through the story of all these scars. Like, well, it's them in this job. He got three bullets in the bag, but that wouldn't stop him. And then she talks about one of the scars on his knees. And basically, he dropped the glass when he was younger and his dad made him kneel in the shards. And even, the, even when his dad basically forgot about him and went off to get pissed, he just still stood there. So, really. Adding layers to the fucked up nature that was mm. Benji's backstory. 
he seems to be in some weird kinky shit as well and she says when he used to enjoy when i'd dominate him and do such things to him and you know i need, I need to find this little nina's no i mean it's pure disgust at de- depravity <laughs> But um, like you need to basically show us that she's handy enough without any abilities. Mm. Um, she manages to break free of her sort of cable tied um, bonds and gets loose and starts attacking and biting people and gets a bit carried away, stabbing a henchman to death. She uses like a knife, like the stick from a. And I saw it because like they got this like Queen May rainbow pots or whatever to using it at the hospital. And like there's a joke on one side that says, Why did the fo- like photograph get arrested? And I think the reveal is like it was flashing or whatever. And basically she's still at the and that's what she uses to get but despite the whole stuff of like wishing she never had her powers, I'm assuming like the powerless nature of how she was in that situation, basically she started asking and they, like, oh, I need, I need more V. I need to get them back because I don't want to be in that situation again. Because she says to Frenchie, "You're my, you're my family now." Yeah, but uh, we get it's it's getting sort of um, sweeter, for lack of a better word. The sort of connection between Frenchie and Kamiko, which is quite nice to see. Yeah. But as we find out in a later episode, that sort of um, a sort of attack sort of gives a a bit of a epiphany and a kind of in, in kind of the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there's definitely a story I won't get confused about talking about Soldier Boy and that again when he was talking about you know the stuff about talking about Bill Cosby. Also, when he jokes about the name of a a, a Chinese like sauce that he used to have, but the name of it is definitely he uses phrases we don't use. Anyway, goes they don't have that anymore. Why not? For many good reasons. <laughs> didn't want to pay back old movies because it shows even before the whole Dawn of the Seven, they're still making movies about them, and it's it shows the clip so you can get an idea of what the TNT twins are all about. And he's just there saying like those two couldn't hit their fucking marks. So unprofessional. And <laughs> that, that scene that he's watching in, in the episode, the full version of that scene is also. Available online, so Jensen Ackles filmed a lot of stuff that didn't even get used in the show. It got put off on YouTube. He's, he's like he signed a big contract for AEW, and he's only being used on dark and dark elevation. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gets beat in three minutes in the main event. <laughs> it wasn't even the main event, but yeah, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Soldier Boy had to miss the first two episodes of season four. Why? He broke his foot doing a curve dive. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is not a wrestling show. People are like, no, I don't come for this. I hear I come to hear about love sausages and the like. <laughs> we're getting there, we're getting there. But yeah, um they're discussing um back at Vault Towers uh about Soldier Boy, um where he's likely to go next because um He's tracking down his own crew. Uh, Deep suggests to him that is it Vancouver? He says uh, it's only down the it's only down the road. The the TNT 
siblings are there and Homelander clearly a bit scared to confront Soldier Boy. He sends deep and he sends deep to go and check it. You go and check it out. Anything happens, anything at all, you call me. But you go and check it out. So the uh, deep is sent to uh, Hero Gasm. Uh, what what could possibly go wrong there? And um, we don't know that it's they don't also know that it's Hero Gasm because. Hmm. They get the address and everything, and and so he does send it. He was the one that started orgasm. So I'm assuming since he went away, those two have become like the main hosts of the event. So he doesn't know that that day just so happens to be orgasm. And I do like the bit where during crime analytics in Deep Seven, they show the footage of of the uh, soldier while even Crimson Kennedy is a uh, sanctuary after he kills her, and he clearly doesn't know what he's doing because he doesn't have his team because he fired him. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much fired everybody because, like, social media comments that weren't and pro Homelander and off. Yeah, so he's trying to show, and then they see like Soldier Boy and like actually trying to give a whole PR thing. I like really like, and Homelander basically rightfully says they're like, how how is it actually going to look if you say that Mister America, you know, no Soldier Boy, the guy whose statue they say we're fucking building is still alive and blowing up. Parts of the parts of downtown and everything, and he goes something that also creates a big intrigue in this fox kind of section is the bit with Black Noir because I love uh, Homelander basically having a conversation with with the Black Noir like you were on his team you know anything and he doesn't say anything for like a good ten seconds like this is why I'm glad to have someone like you on my team <laughs> yeah and then he sort of what walks off what's in the elevator in front of um just a normal sort of colleague just sort of cuts his wrist open <laughs> to pull like a little track around blood blood splats all over this poor poor woman and she's just like casually pulls his chip out and hands it to her <laughs> walks off <laughs> yeah that really took me by surprise you think like he doesn't speak or anything also the only time we've heard him speak is in that flashback but we realise that clearly there was a lot more about what happened at Soldier Boy that he knows that that we don't know about, and obviously that was that was to come later on. Yeah, definitely. I think it is it is it Queen Maeve that tips off Huey and uh, Butcher where where to go to find the TNT twins. No, I think uh, Butcher just comes back after oh, Soldier Boy and Huey. I'm like, thought like they're watching that movie and. Soldier Boy kind of looks very, you can tell he kind of feels bad for what happened in midday. Like he said, he can't explain what happened. He's like, not a bad guy. He didn't mean to do it. And which just comes in, he's got blood along his neck. He goes, you know, you're bleeding. It's not mine. And then just tells him that he's got an address for them. Uh, all right, well, that's it. And they all sort of, and then Starlight and um, Marvin sort of make their way there, so they all go, they all get there in their, in their, in their separate ways. I love that uh, they get there first, right, and you can hear stuff in the background, and you kind of get a vision when it closes up into his eyeballs, you can see the reflection, but they don't fully show you yet, because you realise, like, oh god, this is the thing, because I think someone like the DP, I think probably because he got kicked out, even though he was part of seven, he kind of has a look at it, like, oh, I finally got into go to one of these things, because you know, one thing we know about the deep is then he's into some fucking depraved shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> but come back to you while I say about I just love the casual nature of the comes in. Oh, there's blood on you. It's not mine. It doesn't <laughs> make an explanation, just that's not mine. 
Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they're just so they just seem to be so far gone at the moment, don't they? Yeah, can we just talk about the? I know we kind of referenced that with your little intro there, but the uh, the the very long disclaimer that they put at the start of the Herochasm episode. <laughs> Saying that, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Saying this is not good for some. Well, most. Well, let's be honest. All viewers, and this is <laughs> any all relationships between humans, animals, or anything else is all consensual. <laughs> that nobody was harmed. Not, nobody or any animals were harmed in the making of this. Just the fragile, you know, minds of the people who had to view it and film it <laughs> afterwards. Well, it also reminds me of the one before the um, the Simpsons movie. And there's a little disclaimer for one of these companies, and I, was, uh, I forgot what it was. And he goes, "If we did become if we did come into office, we wouldn't get drunk with power." Honest in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we get kind of a. Uh more of an explanation about Marvin, he's OCD and also he's such a soldier boy and like because we got a week of flashback and watching soldier boys like appearance on solid gold and he's like oh, I grew up I've idolized soldier boy but then he heard soldier boy outside fighting these guys trying to steal a car and soldier boy's answer because he doesn't give a shit or anything was just to throw the car but Marvin basically wakes his grandfather like hey soldier boy soldier boy that's say I said the car missed me about six inches but the guard got his granddad, he goes, I fucking woke him up, I put him in that position, but it wasn't for me, he might still be alive, and he talks about his OCD, and all I knew was, if I don't check the burners in the middle of the night at least three times, Soldier Boy might come back. Yeah, it's really fucked him up, and it probably doesn't help that he kind of blames himself, which is something where we're very good when tragedy, uh, when tragedy hits. We've we find all sorts of elaborate ways that it that it's our, that it's somehow our fault, and um, well, I'll probably be the same as something ever happened uh, involving me. But it it is quite bizarre how we how we can blame ourselves for stuff and. <laughs> Even though it, it takes some sort of constructing in our minds to to make it our fault, if if I'm making any sense, but that's like part of human nature and our weird sort of coping mechanisms and and whatnot. But I'm sure this is nothing to the trauma Marvin will have after being harassed and fondled by a, a ten foot cock. <laughs> Yeah, so we went to the stuff of the OCD because I think very common like people who say they have OCD is, is like their minds just it's not just a case of they like stuff being clean or done a certain way. It's like I need to do this this many times or this this certain way because their brain's wired to like if this doesn't happen this many times or this way like something bad will happen. And then you got that brought on by like you said this this traumatic event when he was just a just a child. You know, it gives again. It's good that they like kind of Yuri and Butch are definitely the main ones out of the boys, but like Marvin and Frenchy and Butch in this episode get a big, you know, you know, it's a big step in explaining their backstory and their characters. But who cares about that? Fucking large knobs. <laughs> and, and he said something about getting his love sausage off him, and uh, <laughs> that was love sausage. That's a great name for me. 
he's a big Russian guy with a big beard and everything. Yes, um, he knows Starly better than him, and she's basically right. But no, he, yeah, he's with me and everything. The, the clip, this clip here, I remember going through Twitter and seeing it was a Twitter account said, The boys, no context. And it's Starlight here. Goes, oh, yeah, he just gobbles that vagina right up. And then she... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is so cringe. I suppose it's meant to be, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like Starlight is not going to go to one of these events. So she needs to act like she, she's trying to act like she belongs, but obviously she's trying to be as convincing as she can be. Not, not very. She, she sounds, she sounded like a, she sounded like a nun at a porn convention. But I love like uh, the guys all like know about it, and he's explaining it to this Starlight. Like, like, a bunch of sealers is getting together and all this shit. And he was like, "What's uh, what's really fucked up is those real sex workers here getting fucked up by these guys." <laughs> and I love the way they all comment. Frenchie's going to be devastated. He missed this. <laughs> he, he says a bit just and then between MM and Frenchie in this, this episode seven, he goes, to be the greatest di- disappointment of my life that I was. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to get over it for different reasons, bless him. <laughs> I know, he, he, out of all of them, he's the one that th- would thrive the most at, the, at, the, at this line, like, Marvin looked all like, uh, ah, yeah, 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 I'm definitely with, with her, whereas he was like, oh, I'm here, I'm here for the party, I've always wanted to be a tear kism. <laughs> Horrible accent. <laughs> is, it, is it Starlight that walks in on um, um, the on the deep with his uh, eight, eight-legged friend? I believe she does. Uh, in what the-, the fuck are you doing? Is there no no kecks on? And he turns around and the octopus. <laughs> 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 the octopus. The only person in that scene that was sick is fucking him. Jesus. <laughs> like, he's like he's made even fun here at the end when he's like running off with it in a in a plastic bag. <laughs> Love. Like he's running, he's gets there, he's meant to like tell Homelander what if Soldier Boy advice, so he's meant to like be keeping an eye on it, but like he's like, nah, fuck that, I want to take part in all this. Like, he knows he can get away with, with some shit. And yeah, and he knows he's got the shag, some man's got the shag, some women. Now he's gonna bang an octopus. Yeah, well, very recently, superheroes are not picky about who they shag, clearly, and at this part, and uh, you go, buddy. Waiters handing out bits of fucking sushi while people are in between shags, and there's a guy, somebody floating around one of those starlight dildos with their mind. Or you got that termite guy there. He wipes something on. Yeah, <laughs> he gets all, he gets all the bad luck, doesn't he? In this Marvin, and he opens that door, and a massive like this really huge combo just splats all over it. <laughs> Like, uh, and he had his voice saying, "Do you want me? Do you want to let that? Do you want to let that off? Chocolate bear or something?" <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a point. I remember watching it like there was like weird dildo flying, but there was a guy who made a dildo out of ice. Like, yes, what <laughs> happened? But like, you got people walking around with their with their clothes off and everything, and just general general sex noise in the background, like. 
something out of ordinary for the boys. I'm waiting to see where the real buzz of happens. And then Marvin opened that door and went, yep, that's that's probably why he's <laughs> about this about this thing. And yeah, Termite thought something like again, Marvin has the right to be annoyed that he, he got all over his favourite jacket because like yeah. God knows where that termite's been inside. We know what he gets up to and I love when he <laughs> wins like like bad merchandise to change his clothes because he's all covered in and all that white stuff and also the TNT twins, uh, like you said, they have the ship out of all of them just they're maybe sister brother and sister, but they're hosting the sex bar and they're constantly arguing because one of them put cameras in the bathroom. Yeah, in the toilets or some, in the toilet or some. So tell I tell everyone you got in close ups with their buttholes right right their knowledge. And then everyone probably like, yeah, well me I won't go to that but uh, that mall opening next week. Good luck trying to get anybody's attention without me like and like that. And one of just yelled at her, I should have fucking killed you in the wooden <laughs> Yeah, go going all um Brie or um, Nikki yeah. Bella there. One of them said that to the other one, didn't they? And... <laughs> yeah. No good way to get that line across. But fucking wait, Nikki Bella is not a good actress, so she just made it. She just made it fucking worse. Bill of uh, Soldier Boy and Butcher all outside, like watching, like and like ah, oh, still a thing, eh? And he goes, and <laughs> loves Soldier Boy. This is my thing. I started this back in '52. <laughs> uh, then you got Blue Hawk wandering with nothing on but his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that Huey, like, it's the right person to send in because he teleports, but when he teleports, he's got no clothes on. And so and so he's wandering naked, so he fits in perfectly. And some guy tries to approach him, and so he basically brushes him off and goes, I need to give my ass a breather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, fuck's say. But yeah, there's as you can imagine, there's quite a lot of nudity in in, in these um, scenes. Believe it or not. Yeah, believe it or not. But yeah, so also going on, you got a bit a conversation between Huey and A Train, where Huey suddenly fucks the courage to stand up to A Train and. It does seem like Adrian's like taking a making a set to apologise, but Huey's not even ready to hear. He hits him everything, he gets told to fuck off. And he had a scene earlier on where he was trying to get justice for his brother and he told Ashley and he's like, You don't give a shit about justice. She basically talks about too many hours I had just been increasing crisis management and having to, you know, fix your fuck ups. Yeah, she sort of really sort of puts him in his place, doesn't she? Um, he's, yeah, he seems bothered when it's um, when it's him and his uh, family. Yeah, he didn't show any remorse when he accidentally killed um, Huey's girlfriend, which sort of started off this whole sort of thing from the series sort of standpoint. And, and we forget in season one, he had a girlfriend. They didn't want to hear about. And then she basically, he found out she'd given some input to the guys. And so he, he pretty much just, he straight out murdered her. Like he injected something into her, which meant she died of like an overdose. Oh, yeah, up. yeah. And then uh, Homelander and uh, Soldier Boy both show up. And the TNT twins clearly haven't done their shit abilities in like a good long while. So they try and do it on Soldier Boy, but it fucks up. 
like they tell him, oh, it wasn't this, there was no R and everything, like, oh, that's a load of shit. You know, he doesn't take a shit without policy, so. <laughs> yeah. There's also a bit, I think, in this episode where we see um, Homelander, does he talk, talk himself into, uh, talk himself sort of by the mirror, isn't he? A, a sort it. of very sort of not I've that sort of very sort of Norman Osman Osborne Green Goblin kind of style. I think that's uh, well, I don't know if that's in this episode. I thought it was in episode seven. If I'm honest with you, but yeah, I think it might happen in both actually. Because he is still on team cell and everything, and uh, all of, like the close up his face. So like not just like going back and forth between him and the mirror and everything. It's like in between like him and. The other voice, but it's like supports up from the same side, so it's both like sides talking into the mirror at each other, basically different perspectives, basically. And yeah, you said yeah, very Norman Osborne esque. It's somewhat, it's unsettling for different reasons than the Norman Osborne one, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more on the midnight scale rather than the Osborne scale, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, perhaps so, perhaps so. Yeah, so so Love Sausage has, has to be playing somebody rushing music while he's wrapping up somebody and he's 10 foot knob and that's it, Soldier <laughs> Bobby's off and fucking all these people get burnt here, Chris fucking Love Sausage runs around he's, he's his sausage has been overcooked basically <laughs> it, it, It's well done A bit too well done <laughs> uh, he teleports him and Starlight, so they're both standing on the side of the road with no with no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't seem too too chuffed with that, does she? Bless her. <laughs> yeah, and basically he's got he's really saying to her like, I don't. Why do I always have to be the one needs to be? Why why can I be the strong one? And she's like. You said that didn't bother you. Well, well, maybe sometimes it does. And she's like, well, Clay isn't just to be like, oh, you're your insecurities that made you this way. So, like, the yeah. V kind of brings some stuff over that you just kind of not like letting show. Yeah, he's obviously got insecurities about um, sort of being the, the weaker half of the relationship, I suppose. And, um, I suppose feels a bit insecure that she hangs around with all, I suppose, all these other soups and he, he can't sort of match them or, or, or sort of ride to her rescue, which is sort of the traditional man sort of thing. But it, it's it's all sort of buried in toxic masculinity, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you feel like, no, no, you're supposed to be bigger than this. <laughs> Exactly. And we also get um, A-Train uh, getting his hands on Blue Hawk and killing him by dragging him across the floor at high speed. And he's just like a uh, sort of like a um, sort of ripped up mess by the end of it. But as he was warned, A-Train, about using super speed, he, he, has, a, he has a massive heart attack. Yeah, because it was kind of satisfying to see Blue Hawk get basically fucked up because he mm. had, he is a piece of shit. Yeah, even worse than even worse than Adrian, believe it or not. 
he was like dragged along the road and he's like you see he's scanning everything peeling off and then it, it, there's a bit where train like you can hear the heart bounding and he kind of like you're like oh jesus they just kill off the day a train because you knew i think by this point you were sure nobody was really safe in the universe of the boys so you could have easily believed that uh that they killed them all because they leave it right really late into episode seven before giving you like the reveal that he, he's actually not he's still alive yeah uh we see him in the I think, hospital in the next episode um a train so uh, he gets a uh, a nice little sort of surprise. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, he's a bit woozy, actually people are trying to spin him on the base of the story they're going to push to the to the public about, you know, you helped save the Lord, just as you guys were kind of, were coming to, to understand it, just when Soldier Boy attacked and basically we gave you his heart. So we gave him a superhuman heart, plus his fast means he can run again, which is one thing he's been criticised for that he can't basically do anymore and a little bit also earlier in the last episode I actually was watching a trailer for his for his idea of a documentary about him tracing his roots the A-Train to Africa but then now she's basically pitching him an idea of a new movie which basically is it gives there an idealised version of his origin story goes you know, you're a streetwise kid from the south side when a coach we're thinking Tom Hanks <laughs> Well, I'm from such and such. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. not me. <laughs> like, uh, it's like uh, what Soldier Boy describes like his movie. Like, you ever, you ever see the Soldier Boy story? And which is like, I must have missed that one. It was, yeah, it's a classic. We missed out on Best Picture to an American in Paris. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, this kid from the rough side of Philadelphia recovers. He gets superhuman powers to match his heart of gold. It was all bullshit. My dad owned half the steel mills in the city. I went to boarding school and then got kicked out of boarding school. Classic. Cla- classic evil superhero fodder. Yeah, exactly. I do love the idea of an idealised version of, you know, uh, somebody's backstory with inclusion of Tom Hanks because I haven't seen it, but I have an idea that's what they probably did when they had him play Elvis's manager in that new film because from the stories I've heard, the guy who had managed Elvis was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. And uh, I don't think Tom Hanks was uh, super com- uh, impressed by his own performance in that film, by all accounts. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard the idea of, like, because nobody in the music, in the world of music, basically had the same star and level star that Elvis had. Then he had nobody to learn from, so he made all this, the, the same mistakes, including having a, a shitty manager. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my football team has had plenty of those. <laughs> but yeah, so then also we get the minute moment we're all like kind of waiting for with Homelander and Joe Joy, but before that, you know, this way, you know, in what way fucking mother's built, like, you know, you, you said to him, you killed my family, and so your response is, which one? Yeah, like, he's, he's sort of killed that many people, he, he sort of, he's lost count, can't remember them all, but he's sort of, Marvin, Mother's Milk sort of, is, um, determined to sort of 
get into a fight with uh, home um, soldier boy, even though he's got absolutely no chance of winning. Luckily, um, Butcher took some sense into him, stops him. I can't let you do it. It'd be suicide. And he's right. I mean, what what is he thinking? I know he's angry and he hates soldier boy, but he must know that it, it, he's got no chance. Yeah, I'll, I'll zoom in a bit with him in, in Starlight where he's loading up his gun and she goes, I think he's bulletproof, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not really all he's got. It's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, bless him, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he just shoot all the homelanders reaction, he just blasts Butcher with his laser eyes and assumes that he's killed Butcher and that wasn't expecting Butcher to get back up and shoot him with his own bloody laser. Yeah, we get a bit of a scuffle between sort of all three of them, don't we? Until um, Soda Boy does this like supernova thing. Mm hmm. You were trying to help hold them down and everything, and Homelander sadly flies away before. Before they can really get a chance to kill him, but he does cause some devastation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we have Starlight basically decides to drop the whole Starlight kind of persona, and basically tells everybody our real name. Basically, goes up, goes on social media, basically telling everybody about what Homelander and everybody and Vault are actually. Actually, like, which of course, with what having control of the right wing media, they try and spin on this. Like, you got this that Cameron Coleman who is a parody of real life Fox News anchor uh, Tucker Carlson. I remember I watched the video on him, and Jesus, the similarities are very close. Obviously, I didn't realize that. Is that, is that what he is? Is he just uh... <laughs> John, John Oliver did an episode of his show on Tucker Carlson? And good lord, that Tucker Carlson is a is not a nice man, but like just especially in the ways where he, similar you see similar in the way that he asks Ashley when the, at the Starlight station, like, could Starlight's actions be considered treason in any way? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and and then you got like the two opposing sides, so like protesters, those people who are on Starlight side, and then you got the right wing nutters who are on Homelander side. Omar even tried to spin this whole Starlight House is secretly a front for human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, literally nobody is buying it either, but he's, he's carrying on with this, with this triad. And I love the fact um, that uh, Robert Singh's like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. He's, got, <laughs> he's, he's on like, like this 20 minute odd rant about Starlight and everything. He's meant to introduce, like, endorse uh, Robert <laughs> and everything. He's like, Oh, uh, give him for Robert Singer. He's he's a great guy. Hmm. Uh, that's also where they have that scene of him having a bit too much fun milking that cow. And you think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets some quite sexual gratification, doesn't he? Milking milking that cow. <laughs> also, also, like she walks in and I'm drinking the milk. Like, skip breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great line, actually. Yeah. And then they kind of strike up a little deal just to remind you that 
Yeah, okay, Newman's going to burrow in a way at the side. She's going to be, I think, more of a force in, in season. But uh, you know, give some information to her, but she wants something in return, which I think we found out what it is she wanted from, from him. And every so often when she does something bad, you uh, remind her how much bad she is. I remember in that show Seinfeld, there's a character called Newman who Jerry doesn't like, and every time he does something, he goes, Newman. And so that's why I'm like, whenever Victoria Newman just pops up as a body, like, Newman. It's one for the same fans out there, but yeah. yeah. I never really watched that, bizarre. I'd seen the odd episode, but it wasn't something. Yeah. I remember uh, I started watching the first season, isn't very good. You need to get through the first season. I think all, even Hardcore Seinfeld fans admit the first season isn't the best one. But like, there are times where like, the stuff that I, I find highly quotable and you can really appreciate the rain, but it's not for me a laugh out loud kind of show. But I still appreciate it for how clever and everything it is. And I'll, I've kind of, it's kind of one of the new things. Like, I always avoided Seinfeld for whatever reason. And then I started watching the, uh, started watching the show and like, because I had nothing else to watch. It was, it was, I was between shows, a bunch of shows I liked had finished their current seasons, and a few other shows I liked were, weren't going to premiere new episodes for a few weeks. I'm like, well, trying to for me to do one of the things where I discover a new, for me, but old for everybody else show. they got to try new things, even if they're new old things sometimes. Yeah. I remember you know, while you and talk about Jerry Safe, I went, you know, I used to think I, I thought he was really funny, but I realised no, it's actually the way Seinfeld was written. Seinfeld's written that like because he said to try to watch Jerry's stand up, and it's and he basically got went on about how shit he, he thought it was. And then, well, I didn't think I'd hear from William Regal is that he, he talks about not liking Michael McIntyre, the English comedian. He goes, I think he's about as funny as a fire in an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but also um, in this episode, we learn a bit more about um, Black Noir and uh, what what sort of happened to him during um, that sort of flashback we saw early in the season, where they're in uh, where where bloody where what the hell was it where they uh but yeah, he's, he goes to this like um, it looks like it's shut down now. An old, an old pizza place. Some uh, I was meant to go back and find out what the actual pizza place was called. Like a, it was Beaver something, wasn't it? Oh, Scott Scum. He's yeah. Scott Dexter. No, no, no. no. Like my dad just brought him up from up the stairs, but there's a little path you can come through the back of my house. And I could just see my mom coming through, so I'm thinking. Well, they just missed her, so she's about to come in, so you're about your text in the background. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was weird, well, because I don't know what that ten star of the Black Noir was in, but it looked fucking vile, if I'm honest with you. And then, yeah, because he was kind of messed up even before he got beat the shit out of him by, before he got the shit beat out of him by Soldier Boy, but he's just talking to these animated characters that are based on, like, the mascots from that restaurant that he's mm. in. <laughs> Like there he is there. Uh, like you know, you remember, you remember when you hid in that ball pool because you were embarrassed about the erection you got, <laughs> or when you killed some 
Well, when you killed someone, then they, they, they name a name, don't they? So I must have asked that they killed someone when he was younger. And we got you through all that, didn't we? <laughs> the couple of things I remember Robert saying a few episodes ago to say about what Black Noir did at that uh, rock, uh, hard rock cafe in Lagos should be brought up on war crimes. And then one of them carries the references, You've been through so much. He lists a bunch of things. He goes, You know, the Lagos massacre. <laughs> Just, just as casually as you like, you know. I sort of see reenactments, but in cartoon form, and they're all like different sort of. Um, like I think um, Black Noir's like a black sheep, isn't he? And Homeland is like a like an eagle. eagle. And we sort of see him. It wasn't like anything that happened. Um, like the Russians messing. Um, Noir up. It was Homelander who beat 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 him shitless and smashed his face in with his shield and it looks like he gave gave him brain damage, which is perhaps what's left him unable to talk and stuff. Yeah, because like he burns his his face or like a burning mm. like gun, what sticks a pointy shield in his head and but then, but then it does get brainstorming. I think he'll get a brainwash him, which is how they're really like. Sub- like subdue him when they were handing him over to the Russians, but all of there's also a scene. Also, every so often, there's a bit where it just shows it from Black Noir's perspective, so it films him from behind. It's just him staring at an empty stage because <laughs> obviously that, they're not really there. But there's a what? scene where Wait, they... what? What do you mean they're not really there? You're spoiling <clears throat> the magic for me, Scott. I'm sorry. Sorry. Tell me, <laughs> wrestling isn't real next. That <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so, were like maybe they're in a train session, and like you show this soldier wide kicking fuck at a gunpowder, which goes back to what Bridget mm. said, you know, soldier wide being abusive to him. But uh, <laughs> Black Noir's complaint is that whole that soldier boy stopped them from getting a movie role, and the movie role was the lead Eddie Murphy's character in Beverly Hills Cop. Like, I was born to play Axel Foley. Like, no, the characters made me funny, and you're not funny. <laughs> imagine, imagine if it wasn't Eddie Murphy and it was Black Noir instead. Anyone's, anyone who's very talented at, you know, Eddie, and try putting together a, like a trailer for Beverly Hills Cop, but take out Eddie Murphy and just put Black Noir in his place. <laughs> like, I mean, back then, like, you know, he, he said he wanted to show more of himself like, outside the mask. So would he be able to play the mask or would have he, because obviously they, they love the whole silent ninja thing, would he have to play the character of Axel Foley while in the Black Noir suit the whole time? <laughs> Although, to be fair, some of Eddie Murphy's later efforts, but Noir would probably be an improvement. Yeah. Well, trying to think, where Black Noir is like the donkey from Shrek. Mm. Or as Norbit. Or Norbit, yes. Uh, anyway, or a fucking nutty professor, you still have Eddie Murphy, but this thing where he takes the poster, he just turns into Black Noir rather than he's like a thin version of himself. Well, Dr. Doodle, instead of understanding animals, he can actually talk to Black Noir. <laughs> yeah. Or Black Noir, Dr. Doodle, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. <laughs> but you know, there's a, there's a pitch podcast waiting to happen, but yeah, so Black Noir. Helped organize it. Also, it shows a clip, an animated clip of his 
talk with Stan, a- with Stan Edgar, a bit more context to that. Vogelbaum, who is the, the scientist, who's one of the guys who got, he got his like, head blown up in season two. He said, yeah, he's already got, well, it's okay with us because Vogelbaum's already got this kid who he says is going to be much stronger than, than Homelander, than, uh, than Soldier Boy, talking about, obviously, Homelander. Yeah, and and he can fly. Look, people yeah. move on. Heroes can be replaced. You can do this. And he's eating like peanuts. And he's like, "Can you please not eat those in front of me? I'm allergic." And apparently, that's they threw that in because the actor is highly allergic in real life. And apparently, they have to make sure there's no peanuts on planes and stuff before he goes on flights. It's it's that serious. Yeah. I've heard some people are like that, and I've also heard comedians take the piss out of it, like, oh, we can't serve peanuts here because there's a, somebody on the flight who's allergic to nuts, so don't give it to them then. But apparently some, some people are allergic, they can't even be within a, well, you know, any sort of transference or or whatnot. The smallest the smallest sort of amount can set them off, apparently. It's that, it's that bad. I've got a friend who's allergic to nuts, they wouldn't sit next to me on a train back from a stag do because I was eating a bueno, <laughs> and which is made from one of the main ingredients in that is hazelnut. So apparently, you know, it's, it can be that bad. I mean, definitely did not pull the bueno out because I wanted this, the rotin myself. Definitely not. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was still drunk from the night before in a way or, or something. Yeah, anyway, we. A bit <laughs> We have um, it's the next person on um, Homelander's list. Uh, not Homelander's Soldier Boy. I keep getting them mixed up. Soldier Boy's list is uh, uh, a hero called Mindstorm. You can uh, get get in your head and make you sort of see things. Um, sounds quite scary and. Just don't look in his eyes. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Basically, when, when Butcher gets caught, basically, like, what's, what's going to happen to him? Oh, well, he's probably get trapped in an endless nightmare until he dies of dehydration. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> and the whole boys so like, just happy to leave him there. And yeah. They give it, this, the start of this episode, which is a bit more of a serious one than the, the one they gave him the previous episode. But it's a bit like uh, he does make a fair place to be. He would die. He would have died to to kill Homelander. He he's happy. Just even there. <laughs> yeah. And the stuff we see in the and bits of Nightmare is is rough because you know he's like him getting beat up by his dad to protect his wee brother. Mm. And just how much he as he gets older, how much like his dad he actually becomes, and the idea that he kind of sees a lot Huey and. And it, a lot of his little brother and Huey, and he's like, he, he wanted to join the army, he leaves his brother, even though his brother begs him, don't let me alone with him. And he's probably ends up taking his own life. And there's a bit where Butcher's trying to talk to him, basically telling him, don't fucking leave him, you can And like, <laughs> trying to yell, try to talk to his younger self, and then he kind of has a bit of a back and forth with his, with his brother right before he shoots himself. Yeah, so yeah, explains more, but you know more why he hates his dad so much and why he's got the sort of issues he has. He sort of blames himself for his uh, younger brother committing suicide, and obviously he hates his dad because he was a monster by the signs of it. And uh, doesn't he get 
Is he uh, isn't he a school officer now that had masters like um you know, you were caught selling weeds, you know, we've gotta tell your father and we know what he's like. So you know, the headmaster's willing to tell his father even though he knows what his dad's like and likely to do to him. Yeah, so Richard just beats the shit out of him with a staple and weirdly that makes his dad proud of him and he's one he's eighties younger brother. You know, you know, you should be a bit more like him. You don't want to be, in his words, a poof all your life, which obviously it's not like I think you should be saying. He even tries to give teenage Butcher a pint because he's so proud of him. But I think they do allude to like how Lenny died and the the second season when he goes to visit his dad when he finds that his dad's dying. And he remember in that show remember in that episode he's like, Oh, I never got to say goodbye to Lenny, he was trying to blame it on Butcher and I know Butcher blames himself, but no, the reason he that Lenny killed himself is now that there was nobody else for him to pick on he basically bullied the hell out of his other son so much so that he killed himself so he shouldn't be playing Butcher and Butcher shouldn't be playing himself it was fucking dad that, that did it well, that's yeah what, yeah but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very a very messed up personal personal life for Butcher, unfortunately. Bless him. Um, they talk about like trying to find mind stuff. He's got all these locations for him because he's a paranoid guy. And as he goes, he's not crazy. He's got he's got he's bipolar. And then <laughs> they try and track. He's like. Uh, like where what pharmacies are selling lithium and everything to already track him. And Huey tries to make a deal with him, like spare him if he saves Butcher, but before he can get him away, fucking soldier boy finds him and just like throws his shield like throws a big knife through his eye and like covers his face up with a bag so he doesn't have to look into his eyes. And then uh, like oh there's a bit of when uh, when when Huey's trying to appeal to Soldier Boy he's all paranoid and like they've given him me to try and calm him down. He's like is there any way we can say Butcher? Well, the other person could do that would be Mindstorm. But he's about to be very dead, so. And, uh, yeah, we also get a bit of a scene where uh, Kamiko tries to go into Starlight to get her some uh, Compound V, the permanent stuff. And uh, she seems to think it, you know, it wasn't the, the Compound V making her a monster, it was, it was in her all along. And she can't protect Frenchie or her friends um, without her powers. So she wants to get her powers back. And um, Starlight fuses to it first, but then she types out this uh, nice, nice, quite a nice little touching message, which um, convinces Starlight to to break into Fort Towers, even though she's just quit and, and find this. Some compound V for us. I'm like, dear Starlight, I know I'm asking a lot, but uh, I can't remember what the whole message said, but it was uh, quite sweet, bless her. So uh, I was wondering if she might have got left as a normal person, Kamiko, but clearly not. No, definitely not. But I do also love that she tries to sneak in and she finds it in the tent V that tries to pass up and Huey, but on her way out, she gets cornered by Homelander, who thinks he's got everything under control, but surprise, uh, she's she's had a, like, a live feed on her social media the whole time, kind of basically recording everything that he said. It's a, like, try and spin, try and PR spin that one. 
Oh, you shouldn't surprise filmers when we're running lines together, he tries to say. <laughs> yeah. She also, when she's um, finding the compound face, she also finds uh, some notes that can be conveniently being left lying around that um, shows that the 10V is still in its um, sort of first sort of phase it's um, prototype phase and it's sort of showing that uh, it has some pretty nasty side effects basically turns your uh, turns your brain to jelly if you have too many doses i think between three and three and five probably perhaps been the maximum you can take before uh, you do yourself permanent harm yeah they're already in that mid, that danger zone. You can definitely tell. And the other points picture about it, like you know, uh, I mean, so how many dots have you had? Uh, you know, a couple. <laughs> you feel that one of the dangers of it. Uh, he doesn't tell Huey about it right away, but he is trying to spare him from taking any more. It'd be like telling Scott that I am brew would kill you. It just, he just wouldn't, still wouldn't be able to stop yourself, would you, Scott? Oh, you think I'm that much a theater. I don't even drink that much iron brewery anymore. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> in one or more cans of monster energy per day would, would kill me, then I'd be in that situation. I'd be more fluent. <laughs> it has no effect. It barely has any effect on me in terms of caffeine anymore, but it doesn't stop me. Be telling us he doesn't have deep fried Mars bars next. You know, try other. Energy and fed fill is overrated. <laughs> I haven't had an energy drink for years, actually. Oh, no. Carl will be up to at least 9.30 if he has an energy drink at his age. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even 10 o'clock if we push the power out. Way, way past his bedtime. No, he needs his rest when he's, until he's up at half four. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, then we have uh, uh, that bit where Mindstorm gets brutally killed by bloody soldier. He uh, he says they kind of imply that they got a bit of information uh, from Mindstorm, but they won't they won't reel it yet. But basically, the big the big twist the the Star Wars s twist Homelander, I am your father. <laughs> yes. Uh... Apparently it was he was um, so probably more of a clone of Soldier Boy really than than anything else. But he said that he had him do like stuff about genetics. He that's what they why they got him. And he got a take sample of his you know see and he goes, you know, I still remember the show Playboy that I used and which woman I would act it to. And he goes, she was there was a kid born born April nineteen eighty one. Which I think there, what that mean, given it's 2022, if, that, if that's also the same year in terms of the the voice time, and that would that then mean that Homelander is 41? Yeah, well, that sounds about right. And you know, 41's really, really young anyway, Scott. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I get the timeline right because I don't know what age Anthony Starr is in real life. But he looks, yeah, I would he's have, about he's about that age, I should think. Because I think the whole thing about most of these superheroes is that they don't age the same as they don't age the same as like everybody else. So you think he would actually, in, in continuity of the show, maybe be 
a tad like older, but obviously not look older. But weirdly enough, one about clones. There was a, a thing I heard from people who know the comics more than me that originally Black Noir's character, it was there's a big twist in that comics that is real Black Noir is actually a clone of Homelander, and that he's like he's a bit he was used to be able to say like either he can kill Homelander if he gets a bit out of line, and then we can pass him off as Homelander. And apparently, also in the comics, there's a scene where there's a bit where they show flashbacks. Oh, oh look, these horrible events. He thought Homelander secretly it was Black Noir, but he didn't know. Because he didn't know he was a clone yet. <laughs> but, like, uh, that's probably, and that's why he has to wear. It makes more sense why he has to wear the mask then, because he uh, perhaps looks just like him. Also, they chose not to go down that that route in in this series, but like you said, they kind of gone down a similar route in that. Because someone even said that was intentionally born. I was made in a test tube, but they basically made him a clone of uh, a clone of, of Soldier Boy. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't know all that actually. So that's quite interesting. You learn something new every single day, folks. Yeah. Even if it is useless. <laughs> well, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. But yeah. Then you got the big reveal there. The this the joke in the the finale that you know. Oh, we're a soldier boy. But what since he uh, since he found he had may had to kill his own son. Yeah, he's basically been locked in the bathroom with a bottle of Jack Daniels or wherever it was. Yeah. There's also, uh, at some point, I don't know if we touched on it in the last part or it happens in these episodes, that, that Maeve gets um, I think we covered abducted it. and put in a, in a sort of mental institute type place because we see her there in, uh, I was just, Going through that again because we see her there again uh, at the start of episode eight. There's a big, the starlight was to get her free, and uh, she sort of told, sort of leaked, apparently leaked where they're supposed to be in this big sort of protests going like free, free Maeve, free Maeve. And um, so they decide to try it. So Deep and Ashley make the decision to try and move her to a more secure facility. and that doesn't quite work out very well. Everything, everything deep touches goes completely pear shaped, doesn't it? Yeah, we've not even talked about when he tries to introduce the concept of introducing the bloody. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and that—that's where she draws the line. That's where she decides, you know what? That's not. This is not right. And then I love the funniest bit in that wee montage at the end of like. The, the finale where they're trying to wrap up a few characters kind of stories for the season it shows the deep stuffing down some junk food while <laughs> our <laughs> book exposing him called in too deep <laughs> <laughs> yeah he basically wants he basically suggests a threesome but no no it's not a threesome with another man or another woman no it's it's with his octopus what, what's it it's I can't remember what the name he's given her now. It's uh, yeah, it's a female though, which he makes her like he says, "Get your mm. right, you're like like why do you want me to fuck a fish?" So technically, she's a mollusk. <laughs> and yeah, he's completely ignoring his his wife in bed as he's getting off of this octopus, and he's like, "She she wants to touch you." <laughs> and she's like, "No, no." <laughs> yeah, like this is where. Any well, any same person would have probably 
drawing the line much earlier, but you know, it's like, not you know, drawing the line at this point. Yeah. Poor, poor Deep, he's got some issues. It's Crawford, really funny. When he first opens the script, wonder what I'm going to be doing today. Shagging an octopus. <laughs> I think I think he knew that, you know, he's he done some shit. Once your your character basically forces himself on another character in the in the pilot episode, you know. <laughs> really I can only sink for this character. Like there's nowhere like more there's no up going up after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's such a great character. He really is. Yeah, there's like memes of him now, isn't there? Really? Like, because he's because he's portrayed as being a bit of a dimwit in the in the series. Of these like stupid thoughts he has, yeah, like deeper thoughts with the deeper. Whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that people really run with that and that whole. What's the name of that guy who got banned from Twitter? Oh, I don't know. This guy online who got banned from Twitter, so everybody keeps putting up his photo and Andrew Tate, and so everybody keeps putting up photos of him and things he's in their mind banned from. Like somebody put a thing, Andrew Tate is banned from Tout. <laughs> was one of my pal sent me that and he said, Andrew Tate is apparently banned from Best Kebab, and it's just a, a photo of a kebab shop. <laughs> Well, I don't know who this Andrew T is, but somebody I saw another four which sounds of it and that uh, you see him because he's bald and got the beard and everything. He says, Why does he look like evil ricochet? <laughs> evil ricochet. <laughs> anyway, we were, we're outside of the deep and the octopus, where were we actually? I know we're on the final episode, but I've no idea. Yeah, we're uh, talking about, um, I'm trying to move move May from where they were hiding her and they've, they've tried to, you know, they've got her in a van and they're trying to keep her sedated, but she breaks free and I would say looking at the amount of blood splat we see, uh, kills, uh, kills the men that have got her and she, and she makes a mistake. Yeah. And Jesse B is by the, uh, be held, helped by the, the team and, uh, love which she has a back and forth with, uh, with Homeland after his fight with Soldier Boy, like you can tell he's wearing concealer. Like, have you got a bruise? Because obviously nobody's been as mm. strong as, as him. They actually hurt before. Yeah, and he's like, he says as he's leaving, "I'm not, I'm not letting you live. I'm keeping you alive." Because he's on about using a, using freezing her eggs and using them to to make children. Because he always dreams of having children with her. And as low as he's trying to put her down, she's like, "Still a top five day." Yeah, and then they have to try and move her because of the whole hashtag free me stuff which started by Starlight. Yeah, I was saying, as I said, it goes wrong and she gets away, as you would imagine. We also have uh, Noir coming back um, to Homeland and holds up a little sign saying, kill Soldier Boy. And um, I love that these uh, characters all hanging around now. Yeah, yeah. 
all singing bars. He goes, we're going to fuck up Soldier Boy. <laughs> and um, so Homelander sort of confesses that he's um, he's um, Soldier Boy's son and he's like, might, might be the family he never had. And um, Noir's just like, Soldier Boy bad, kill him. Yes. Uh, and basically, once he finds out that basically Black Noir knew that mm. father this whole time and everything, he, he he very brutally kills him, like he just punches him right through the stomach and just pulls yeah. his intestines out, basically, eviscerates him. And then uh, you and Sarah see all the cartoon characters all around him and all that, and then the wee beaver that he's starting, like, don't worry. Soon you'll be in the Sweden base of k- 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 Christ the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I love his like, little stutter. Oh, <laughs> uh, though. And then, obviously, the Homer uh, then just berates the other movie, like, actually, deep in Adrian. Adrian is now back in his regular suit. And he's basically saying, like, Thank God. <laughs> I know I was, like, basically the best, better than any of you, and I had to kill him and, like, I wish I thought when I got a team that uh, I was going to get a family that I never got. And he sort of says to, I to actually take it off. Take what off? Take the wig off. And she's like, we've seen throughout the series, like she's been pulling out tufts of hair and she's almost completely bald now and she's been wearing a wig, bless her. And just to humiliate her, um, Homelander makes her take her wig off. Yeah, and then I remember he says, like, dude, you, then you fucked that up to us, and then the E-Train, you also didn't know about it, and I just turns like, say what? And he just turns out, like, what did you do? Yeah, he also has uh, one last job for the deep. Yeah, there was that, like, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was, like, showing in the uh, last episode as a potential VP candidate on mm. Singer, but basically at the deep drown him, and he, like, his own pool so that Newman can take his place. Yeah, yeah, but you don't find out till near the end of the episode, but that's quite a nice little nice little thing. I suppose we should have expected it. It would uh it would be her. Well uh, there's a bit where Maeve comes to the door in the office and then all of a sudden the way that fucking like Mother's not just pops out and puts a gun to a butcher <laughs> and then, you know, he's tempted to pull the trigger because he doesn't know if the picture's already hooked up on the on the tent V quite yet. Yeah, and they're all sort of trying to be nice to him. It's almost like it's an intervention type of thing, isn't it? As where they're sort of trying to talk butcher down and see like he's got some good deep, 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 deep tired <laughs> <down> inside him. <laughs> like they said they had to get this like very rare nerve agent to take out to subdue mm. soldier boy. And then Trenchy gets uh, the one lab he could find that would get it. He didn't, it was very expensive. And so he hides it in a bottle of uh, a perfume named after like Starlight. He goes, you put the most, most deadliest nerve agent a $10 bottle of Starlight perfume. They <laughs> improved the smell. <laughs> then when Maeve suddenly gets back on the side of like, Homelander needs to die no matter what, she just grabs the bottle and launches it out the out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all get locked in the fucking safe. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, uh, so um, 
Soldier Boys also with uh, Butcher and yeah, but like get in the safe now. I mean, he's doing it because he's trying to well, keep him safe and out of the way. But um, the, uh, then, then thanks to Maeve and Starlight, they managed to bust themselves out of the, the safe anyway. But Butcher and Amanda have already got a fair a fair head start. But we get a, we do get we do get we do get a bit of a a face. A bit of a face turn from Butcher and a, um, a handicap match we weren't expecting. And in the end, yeah, because uh, it turns out that Ryan is there because we saw, I think it's, it's just showing the story so that he saved uh, Omanda Ghost and finds Ryan because I think it was Newman that gave him the info about where Ryan was. Mm. And uh, Basically, he tells Ryan, oh, I don't blame you for what happened because he wants to you know, have this family. So Ryan, obviously, despite how bad of a guy Homelander really is, he basically doesn't blame him and like understands what it's like to have powers, whereas Butcher basically, last time he saw him, he basically showed that he still harbored some resentment towards him. So that explains why Ryan chooses what say he chooses. Still a heel turn, but, you know, it's an understandable mm. But we kind of, but we kind of learn that as bad as Homelander is, Soldier Boy is actually worse because he's um, he sort of doesn't seem to really care that um, Homelander's his son. He sort of turns into his father by calling Homelander a, a disappointment. And even though Ryan gets in the way, he still tries to to kill them both, and that makes um, Butcher turn on. Homeland, and he's like, not uh, turn on Soldier Boy, and he's like, not the kid. And for a brief second, we sort of have Homelander and um, Butcher teaming up on Soldier Boy until Queen Maeve comes and starts fighting with Homelander. And surprisingly, she she kind of holds her own in that fight a bit more than I'd imagine. Yeah, you said she's been doing all that training, she does end up losing an eye in the process, mm. but. Gets a fair few shots in on, so he sticks that thing into his ear as well. And yeah, he says, like, Soldier White Homeland, just saying, like, you know, I'm not really your dad. But maybe if I'd been around, I could teach you not to be an attention seeking pussy, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Really, he is, though. That's a whole issue that he is, like, such a. He wants all this approval and wants to be loved by everybody. I mean, who doesn't? Let's be honest. Yeah, but, like, it's harsh, but it doesn't mean it isn't true what Soldier Boy kind of says to him. I love that other Ryan, like this, Richard said, like, Ryan's not strong enough to take on, like, Homelander, but he's, he's laser eyes are still strong enough to briefly knock Soldier Boy off his feet. Yeah, and we, we get a, a nice moment with, with Starlight as well, and um, and here we are, she's like, starts charging up her power. And um, he sort of looks at the a file of tenth V for a second, and then thinks uh, no, and uh, so it turns turns all the power up in the room as high as it'll go to uh, to feed Starlight and amp her, her up even more. And she even starts levitating off the ground as she's feeding off all the the energy in the room, and she manages to to knock Soldier Boy clean off his feet. With a, with a powerful blast of her powers and that sort of enables the others to eventually get some of the the gas on him to 
to sort of, I think it's Marvin, isn't it? Holds the gas over his face to try and subdue him again, but he starts going uh, nuclear, and you see him like char- charging up really, uh, really badly. But um, Maeve sort of sacrifices herself and uh, sort of throws herself and soldier boy out the window so he doesn't go nuclear inside the building. So she shows she's still got a, she's got a bit of goodness in her as well, even though she's been very sort of tunnel vision in her in her aim to sort of kill Homelander. Yeah, yeah, and like we think that they're both dead. I think it turns out they're not, but mm. doesn't have her abilities anymore. I think she's kind of accurate because now she can live somewhat of a our normal life. Because she's kind of. Even as far back as one of the early seasons, she's kind of like, she's been in this so long, she's like, I'm fucking done with this whole suit life and everything. Uh, and like, Soldier Boy starts trying to think, like he says, I'm like, I'm not going back in the box, basically, but like the look of him, it's not a box, it's a more of a tube than anything else. Yeah, a bit, bit like, a, like a glass coffin, really, isn't it? And uh, we see Grace Malloroy watching as he's uh, put back on ice, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. as bad as Homelander is, he's actually the lesser of two evils. Well, lesser is uh, is one way of putting it, but uh, yeah, and Ryan's are going with him, and the, the last shot of this, he's looking at uh, Ryan. I, I'm I'm reminded of uh, like the paraphrase, but he you would at the end and midway in Revenge of the Sith, like. Twisted by the dark side, young Ryan has become. <laughs> like as if this is basically a running theme for the last couple of episodes. Butcher, Homelander, and Soldier Boy all had shit dads or dads that weren't really there for them, but they all turned out to be pretty much like their dads. Yeah, <laughs> as they say, the apple never falls far from the tree. Mm-hmm. And. Um... There's a good there's a bit shows you how callous that Ashley can be when um her assistant called Ashley wants to follow her into the um helicopter. She's like, That is for VPs only. Bye. <laughs> and I think it, and I think when you see her at the end deleting the video of them uh the boys sort of helping Maeve up, she's got a she's got a different assistant with her. So uh not sure what happened to the other Ashley, bless her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, thankful, I'm thankful that uh, Soldier Boy is still alive because, you know, again, there was all the saber where Jensen Agles come in, so I'd, I'd hate for them to do all this time. Finally bring, you know, bringing him in, <laughs> finally bringing him in and, you know, not, and like killing him off. Just like, okay, that's him done now. Yeah, he could always come back at some other point if, if they wanted to, whether that will happen, I don't know. And as you alluded to, sort of at the end, well, as I did end, we see um, Starlight actually been in her costume and getting ex- accepted as an official member of the boys. Yeah, and but just yeah, there he finds out that basically he kept taking the visa, he's probably got somewhere between 12 and 18 months left. Uh, but, yeah. You know, he, he doesn't tell anybody about it. 
yeah, he's uh, yeah because he collapses, doesn't he? And he wakes up in the hospital, and well, they drained as much fluid as they could, but it would affect his way of life too much to to do any more sort of procedures on him. And he says, "Yeah, you, you perhaps twelve months, eighteen, an absolute push by the signs of it." So bless him. He, I'm sure something will happen to all that. I'll keep Butcher going. Can't can't have the boys about Butcher. Well, you never know. I, don't, I think they said season four is just about to start filming, but I don't know, like, how far beyond that they're going to go. Are they just going to keep this going for as long as it's still like big, or is it a case of, you know, they have a set number of seasons they want to do? Because I know that was originally Kripke's idea with Supernatural, is that he had a set number of seasons he wanted to do with it. And if we know anything about Kripke, when if even if he does kill off characters, they never stay dead. I mean, Dean and Sam died more times than I've had at dinners. Yeah, no. There's always an emotional thing between one of them, like one of them might die. Because I was watching about it at a point where all like fifteen seasons had already come out. I'm like, I can't get him I can't get as invested in these emotional finales. Like, I know I've got I've got six more seasons left of you, Beth, because I know you're not gonna die. <laughs> But as you alluded to, um, they, they, they talk about the shock death of this um, VP candidate, and uh, we see his Robert uh, Singer's new running buddy, and as we said before, yeah, it's Victoria Newman, and I think Butcher makes a comment like, oh, she's got to go. Yeah, that's basically uh, setting her up basically as like as as you thought she was being probably set up for in uh in season for season three, but it was a bit more of a slow burn than we realised. I mean, her revelation is an inciting incident that sets up you to decide to be more like Butcher for most of the season, but now it's like a proper like them up against her for like season four. Yeah, it'd be interesting if um we get any more um Stan Edgar in season four as well with what of you know, trying to dispose depose him and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be a shame if we didn't uh, we didn't have any more. Um, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Great actor and character. Mm-hmm. And so, right at the end, we get Homelander introducing uh, Ryan as his son to a group of like Homelander sort of fanboys and as he's doing so someone in a starlight t-shirt throws a bottle that hits ryan and homelander oh, just like lasers his head off at first is like stunned silence and then of all people it's um janine's stepdad <laughs> he's like yeah yeah i know <laughs> I mean, fair enough like protests because homelander's a piece of shit but that man clearly did not think things through because... Uh, no, no. <laughs> if anything, him sticking up for his son is going to make him even more of a hero to these kind of figures. So, because like when he goes there, these guys are like tearing down a uh, soldier boy statue because now the whole angle that they're pushing on what TV and everything is that, oh, soldier boy was radicalised by the Russians. <laughs> Yeah, they, they've got they've got some of the the best spin doctors in the business at Vaux, haven't they? Fair play. Yeah, 
they can spin out they can spin anything and gullible people like uh janine's stepdad seems to swallow anything by the sight looks of it we talked about satisfying moments seeing marvin finally punch yes <laughs> punch in the face what is also a very satisfying moment for no more than he deserved yep I really, I really hope he dies. If he comes back in season four, I really hope he dies. <laughs> maybe, maybe like, like stop the boys because he's protesting or whatever. And like, I hope he just gets like fucking shot. <laughs> He'll get what's coming to him, I'm sure. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about season four? Yeah. Well, what we've sort of heard about it and. Um... What we uh, expect, I think you've got um, a bit of news about some casting. Yeah, we don't know who he's he's playing, but like they're right, they've announced it right before they start, but they start, you know, filming. So I'm hoping like some info about it's going to come out soon, and I'm hopeful he's going to play a major role. But they've announced that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to be joining the cast in season four, which I'm very excited about. You and I were joking, you know, yeah. Jensen and buddy Robert Jim Beaver from Supernatural like in this season and everything. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan who popped up in the early part of Supernatural is Sam and Dean's dad. Like who are they do a season by who else from fucking Supernatural like, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Collins, Mark Shepard, there they must be wait sitting by that phone wait waiting for it to go off. <laughs> Soldier Boy found this case wherever he's being held, he finds he robs a car and it's a bloody fucking imp- a Chevy Impala. <laughs> and let's face it, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has history in playing douchebag superheroes for, as he famously portrayed the comedian in uh, The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also... He's going to go to, gonna have to go to some lengths to be a bigger cock than the comedian, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, he's going to play a dick. He was also Negan in The Walking Dead and the I remember mm. first few seasons he was that character. Uh, first season or so he was that character. I remember enjoying it, but outside of him, and who he, he wasn't in enough episodes for me to still be interested because by that point I was like, I'm well and truly done with this Walking Dead. Like I'm done with this. Like they really, oh, they brought new people in and it really actually helped save the show. Like I'm not going back. Right, I've been burned once. I'm not going fucking back. <laughs> I only ever watched two episodes of it, and I was like. Nah, not for me. This is shite. So I thought it was shite before it was cool to think it was shite. Well, well, fuck you. Yeah, like <laughs> Jeffrey Morgan. He was in this film that I don't think anybody else saw, and it was like, it's not the greatest film, but I kind of like it. The film called The Losers, I think it was based on a graphic novel. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've seen that. It was, it was sort of okay-ish, wasn't it? I think Chris Evans was in it as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Chris Evans is the best part of it, like the bit where he's made a break in it. Acts on his computer and he goes in and he shorts with his headphones and out loud singing uh, Don't Stop Believe It as he gets into the elevator. <laughs> and then knowing that he's got a sniper on the other side of the building to dig at these guards, he, start, he starts pretending that he can, he's got psychic powers or whatever. Yeah, he can shoot them with his hat. Does that make psych? You're the typical sort of gun sign out of your hand and start sort of pretending to shoot them, but they're actually are being shot. Quite a cool little scene, actually. Yeah, definitely. But you know, I'm interested to see where he goes. I mean, I, 
more often than not, you assume he's playing a, a suit, but like, I think it's just as season two was finishing that Jensen Ackles sent out that video him with a with a graphic novel of the boys with Soldier a, a page with Soldier Boy on it, which was a big reveal. But I think it's interesting that they've just specifically chosen not to reveal what character he's playing yet. No, no, but I imagine we'll find out soon enough. Unless he's only got like a smallish part, but we'll sure we'll find out soon sooner rather than later. He's either a super or he's some sort of like new government person that'll be dealing with mm. some or whatever. I'd love the idea that he's whatever that facility is that Grace Mallory's holding soldier away and that, that, that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's involved in it, just so we can have him and Jensen and <laughs> Or fucking maybe he'll replace Dan Edgar as the head of what? Yeah, you you just never know. There's endless possibilities. Yeah, but as a whole, what would you what would you rate the the entire third season of the the boys as a whole? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here. I mean, we talk about like he's like, oh Jesus, that's uh, that's a bit <laughs> rough. Like, it's weird to talk about, especially on now. I know this is fucking being recorded, but it's all of stuff. I mean, I know it's not going to be for everybody, but still a hell of a, a series. I mean, I think The Boys is one of those shows that improves with every with every season that goes on. So, Definitely, yeah. So, uh, like, it's hard for me to say to which season's like my my favorite season, and but this is like all a solid one, like Jensen Ackles perfectly into the season, I thought, and made a welcome addition to it. I think 9.5, I'd give it the whole season out of 10. I also just see the tweet from the boys' official tour. It just said, can't confirm if he's getting in any tights, though. So, Jeffrey uh, Dean Morgan, basically, because Jeffrey Dean Morgan did an interview, he said, like, I'm ready to get in some tights. Basically, like, he's prepared to play a super fee if they, if they want him to. Basically, the boys are saying, like, we're not confirming if he's a super or not. Yeah, I think I thought see someone was saying, get the tights, I'm ready for the tights. <laughs> also, I've just seen some voices, like the, the cast all like round tables reading scripts, and Jack Quaid took a photo himself in that building where they filmed like, the boys' office scenes in, in season three, and him just giving the camera a middle finger with the caps and back to work, hashtag season four. <laughs> but yeah, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, about nine and a half, I would say. It's a solid, um, solid season, and it keeps improving. Now of the fact it's its own, it's its own thing as well. It's not trying to copy or or be anything else either, and it's not afraid to put push the envelope, which at the moment is still a good thing. Whether they'll end up going too far at some point wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, but at the moment they're just on the right, they're just on the right side of things. Some would argue they've already went too far, but they're not going <laughs> If porn isn't going too far, I don't know what is. <laughs> but yeah, how do we do we move on from the very dark season that has, that has been the boys? I, I know. Like we return to the safeness, the family friendliness that is Disney Plus, and what look at a show about a woman who turns into an angry green rage monster. <laughs> no faults to be found there. No, no, all perfectly normal. <laughs> we, yep. 
judging by that Tinder scene that they showed in the trailers, so maybe this show may have its own hero gasm, but you know. <laughs> as, as long as it hasn't got um, David O'Dart, what's his name? The uh, David O'Tunga, yeah. The O'Tunga involved. I think he's only got a tiny cameo by the looks of it. He does what the only thing he's good at doing, flexing. That's the only reason <laughs> he <gets> himself. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I look forward to talking about She-Hulk. Uh, we're going to do that, I think, in batches. I've, I've seen the first episode. I've not had a chance at time trying to watch the second episode. I may watch it later. Yeah, I keep getting confused when it's on. I was trying to look for it Wednesday again. And I was like, no, it's it's not there yet, is it? God damn you. Was oh, it just Thursdays from now on? I thought it was the first episode that was just on a Thursday. No, I think it's always first days by the looks of it. Although I stand to be corrected. And, and even if that, that's a perfectly reasonable day for it to be released, we will not be rocking the boat again. No, no, Otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. we're going to have to go <laughs> yeah. and uh, wait. Uh. I'm not complaining, but, you know, I'm at that age now where, where I'm easily confused. Yes, no arguments for me on that one, but... Well, thanks a fucking bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, Carl, uh, did you give your rating about uh, The Boys Season 3 out of 10? Yeah, yeah, I, I said I agreed with you. Nine and a half. All right. See, even I get confused. <laughs> and you're young. and so the iron brew. I don't drink that much iron brew. <laughs> it's a perfectly good stereotype. Just go with it, damn it. One of these days, this will be. I'll be one of the few stereotypes that. It's one of the few stereotypes that. But one of these days, you won't be allowed to say that to me anymore. I can make those jokes, but you can't. Make those. <laughs> yeah, be nice to the Scottish people. I'll be. I'll never be able to go to Scotland again. I got the shite be out of me. <laughs> Scott, I'll be waiting just behind Hadrian's wall for me. <laughs> there's your fucking fucking iron brew. <laughs> We're waiting there with a giant shield like fucking soldier boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's, let's just wrap this up. We've we've well and truly lost the plot here. <laughs> did, did we ever fucking have it? <laughs> up for debate. <laughs> but uh, like keeping things on plot pardon ain't easy especially when you're podcasting about here for gasm <laughs> <laughs> Man, man.